We're glad that you're here tonight. Amen. Sorry for being running a little late tonight. We're having technical difficulties. And uh, we're going to just take a deep breath and know that God's in control. Amen. <laughs> it's all part of the journey. Amen. Uh, when the power went out here at the church for the last week, uh, everything kind of reset and it lost, you know, the passwords, everything, everything. we're having to re-enter everything, do everything. So it's just been nuts today. But um, anyway, une unexpected. So, but tonight I'm going to teach to you, we're, we're going to be joined, our marriage class is um, having technical difficulties as well. So it's, it's running rampant in the house of the Lord, technical difficulties, but anyhow. Well, let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us tonight and make sure that... Uh, we are focused in on what God wants us. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you, those that are gathered online, those of you here tonight. We're going to talk about an important subject, about generosity from the heart. Everybody say, from the heart. From the heart, from the heart, from the heart. So let's talk and let's pray. Father, we love you today. We ask that your presence be with us tonight, Lord. We ask that your presence flow through us. Lord, I ask today that you would anoint our minds and our hearts to receive your word and, Lord, speak truth with boldness and love. Lord, I pray today that, Lord, every person that's sick and shut in, every, all those that are watching now or to, to later in the week, Lord, I pray that they would be blessed in Jesus' great name. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Make sure you pray for our little Malachi. He's uh, had a procedure today. and He's in the hospital in Mott's Children's. Uh, and, uh, so pray for him today. He's struggling. And uh, we're just going to believe that God's going to care for him. Amen? So, so many people to pray for. And so, so let's talk about generosity. Generosity, generosity. Generosity is something that I believe in. It's not something I just talk about. It's something I do. And uh, generosity is something that I believe God is trying to get uh, the next generation to think about and really um, work in. So I was talking to somebody here uh, not too long ago, a business associate uh, that I've known from the community, and um, they were telling me a story. Um, it's actually not from our community. It's somebody I know. And they were telling me a story about... Um, they uh, started their business and they never forgot the first time they got a $10,000 check for their business. They made $10,000 from this, this, uh, this small business. And man, they were so excited they got to take that profit and actually pay themselves. And they gave, they gave that their 10% to the Lord. They gave $1,000 to the Lord. And, and they, they uh, were just so excited about that and uh, really excited they got to give back. God had blessed them so much. And uh, several years later, uh, they said, we never forget when we got a $200,000 check. And uh, for a minute, uh, they struggled, right, to write that $20,000 check because they had promised God that, that this was part of their sacrifice. This was part of their commitment to God. And uh, so they, man, they were trying to write that $20,000 check. And the Lord, in, in, in the middle of the night, spoke to them and said, um, I don't want 20000 I want all of it. I want 200000 And they were woke up, and separately, they had gotten spoke to them, and, uh, and they were like, well, then I think we should probably give the whole thing to missions. And they, they ended up giving all of that 200000 that first big, giant paycheck that were able to come out of the company, they... They gave two hundred thousand. They don't, they were struggling with twenty, and God said, "I want all of it." And they listened to that. Today, they are blessed beyond measure. 
um, you have no idea how blessed they are. They are blessed, and they have blessed ministries, they have blessed people, they have blessed... I know multiple people around this country um, and in Michigan that can talk and speak this same type of story where God has blessed them because they have kept their vow. In, uh, I don't have this on the screen, but uh, Brother Carl can read it in, in, uh, in Joshua, um, I'm, I'm sorry, in uh, Jonah, in Jonah uh, chapter 2. Um, and verse 9, uh, Jonah had been swallowed by a fish, right? Jonah had been in that fish, and we know that he began to pray a prayer. And if you read that prayer in chapter 2, uh, in the last, in the last verse 17 of chapter 1, it says, And God directed the great fish. And God had prepared, that's what it says, And God had prepared a great fish. So God had prepared, before he was born, this fish was prepared. To not just swallow him, but to save him. But he got in this place where he was running from God. And here's what happened. Uh, we see that God, what happened, he, he had to get his attention. So he's in the belly of this fish, not sure what's going to happen, but he began to pray. And, t and twice in those, you're going to see the three days and three nights. It ends with yet. Uh, yet. He talks about, oh, I'm, I'm horrible, I'm terrible, I can't believe, I'm drowning, and blah, blah, blah. Yet, I remember God's mercy. And then later on, he says, oh, it's terrible in the depths of the, the earth and the mountains, the uh, bars of the earth have trapped me in. And then he says, yet, 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 I'm going to remember that God is good and that he is, he is going to save me. And in verse 9, read it, Brother Carl, if you will, in verse 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee in the, the last of thanksgiving. In the last of this, of this last part of this prayer, the prayer that saved Jonah from the belly of a fish, set his right on the right path, because he had ran from God and not listened to God. There were three commitments that he made, and, I, and I'm going to read them to you right now, and, and the first one was that I'm going to sacrifice to God with what? Thanksgiving. I'm going to sacrifice. I, I, you can bring an offering with resentfulness. You can bring your life. Oh God, I go to church again. I know I got. I don't want to go to hell. You know, no, that was not his spirit. That was his spirit before God sent the fish and he got thrown over. He was had an attitude with God, but now he's been in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. And God says, "I'm going to either make you fish food, or I'm going to deliver you and throw you up on the beach side." And the, the choice was his. And in this prayer, he says, number one, God, okay, I'm going well, to sacrifice. I'm going to say sacrifice. I'm going to give what is beyond the normal. I'm going to do what's beyond the normal. I'm going to sacrifice my time to spend witnessing and serving. I'm going to spend my money helping the kingdom of God. I'm going to help missions, and I'm going to help all those things. I'm going to spend my talents in God's house and in His kingdom so we can further the kingdom of God. But I'm going to do it with thanksgiving. I'm not doing it with just anything. I'm going to do it with thanksgiving. And then he says, a second. I will pay that that I have vowed. There it is. I will pay that that I have vowed. David, King David, said, I cannot sacrifice to God on a threshing floor that I have paid nothing for. He said, I cannot give God something that I haven't paid for. And David paid for the threshing floor before he made the sacrifice because he knew that God was worthy of his money. He had to, and God wants to help us understand 
that this is about, not about money. This is not about money. This is everything to do with what's important to us. And the most important thing to any one of you I'm talking to online or in this building is your money. Someone say amen. So when we look at this, we have to realize in this moment that he said, I am not just going to sacrifice, but I'm going to pay the vow. I'm not going to speak at an altar and never fulfill it. I'm not going to tell God while I'm in the midst of an accident that if you save me, I'll go back to church and then never fulfill it. No, no. He said, I'm going to pay the vow. Watch this. He said, I'm going to pay the vow, that which I have vowed. And then he says, thirdly, right? Salvation. 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 Three things. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to pay my vow. And I'm going to recognize I can't save myself. I'm in a place that unless I do this, I know I'm going to be fish food. Because salvation is of the Lord. He makes these statements. If you read them in verse 9, they're all ended in, in periods. They're all statements. They're not something of question. No, no salvation. I can't help myself out of this fish. And then in verse 10, watch this. Remember, God prepared the fish. But in verse 10, watch this. Go ahead. What did he say? And the Lord spake unto the fish. And the Lord spoke unto the fish. The fish was prepared before he ever got was born. The fish was there. What he thought was going to kill him, God used to save him. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach this on Sunday, I think. But uh, Stefan's preaching this Sunday. But, uh, uh, but, it, but he says, what? I, I, what's going to happen? And it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. And it vomited. God said, okay, I'm, you, you made these vows. You said you're going to sacrifice and you recognized who I am. I'm now going to not make you fish food, but I'm going to allow the same fish I put there, I'm going to direct that fish to throw you up. And by the way, it was messy and nasty when he got thrown up. Anybody ever thrown up and thought it was beautiful and wonderful? No, 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 no. Because deliverance is messy, right? Because we put ourselves, remember, Jonah was the one running from God. God didn't put Jonah, Jonah put Jonah here. God knew that Jonah was going to put himself here, so he prepared a fish in case he did, and guess what he did? But God said, depending on what you do for three days and three nights, if you're bitter and angry, I'm just going to let you be deposited through that fish, and you're going to come out fish poop. But if you will repent and turn and say, yet has God saved me, yet will I what? I will sacrifice. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I'm going to sacrifice to God. I'm going to pay my vow and I'm going to what? I'm going to recognize I can't save myself. He is my only Savior. So in that moment, we see that Jonah learns a life lesson. It's not about the stuff. It's about the respect and honor and glory that God deserves in our lives. When we put God first, remember we've been talking about kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. When we seek ye first the kingdom of God, He will what? Add all these things that we ask for to our lives. It's about honoring God. I'm amazed at how God blesses people in their lives, in their health, in their everyday life. Remember I talked to you about being blessed. It's not about money. It's about a position in Christ. It involves money because that's what we have currency. It, it, it's the way we do business in this planet, on this earth. So that's why it's so valuable to you because it brings stuff to you. It helps you pay for things and get things. And so God says, I need you to trust your, me with the greatest thing that I've given you. 
It's his to begin with. Amen? Amen. So generosity. Ever say generosity? I'm going to move quick now because I've already got half my, my message. Um, because I'm just so convicted about this because God's trying to teach us something here that if we don't catch in this last hour, God's blessings are sure and amen to those that will listen and obey Him. Everybody say amen. amen. People want God's blessings without His obedience. They want His his love without obedience to his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you what? Keep my commandments. And he commands us. He commands us to give, to be generous, to be a part of the world that we are in giving back and, and helping others be better off. Amen? So what is generosity? Let's go quickly. Generosity it means what? Real quick. The quality of being kind. Everybody say kind. And generous. The quality or fact of being plentiful. Everybody say plentiful. And large. How many want God to be plentiful with you? Amen? Amen? Too much is given, much is required. If you are trusted with a little, He'll give you a what? A lot. Job had a lot and God took it all from him. But guess what? When he trusted God and obeyed God, God gave him double back what he had lost. Someone say Amen. In Acts 20 and 35, Paul writes and says, And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more what? Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Remember that word blessed? What is that word? Remember that word I taught you that a couple weeks ago? What does that word mean? That, 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 yeah, uh, you almost had it. Uh, that word blessed, it's a part of what God wants for us. It's not just something I have. It means that I am going to get what God has said I'm going to get. It's not just about blessing or money. It's about living this blessed life. It's better or more blessed than to what? Blessed to give than to receive. This is true. Everybody say amen. Generosity is giving more than necessary. Everybody say amen. Or expected or required in order to create, right, opportunities for others. People say, look out for number one. How many's heard that in their life, right? Now, I'm looking out for number one, right? I'm going to pay me before I pay anybody. That's right. I'm getting mine and getting mine. You get yours, right? Well, that's the attitude of the world. But Jesus says, no, give and you shall be given, right? Press down. That's the concept of the kingdom. And that is so lost in this hour. Um, I was... Uh, telling somebody recently, uh, and 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 I got to get better at this. The Lord spoke to me recently. I, I was telling them um, uh, about what God has done through this church, and uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I was telling somebody because they haven't, they, they don't know this part of our history. But um, you know, we established uh, like tons of churches in Africa. We have spent millions of dollars sending it since 1960. Uh, four, 65, this church has established works in Africa, been there, bought buses, bought houses, bought churches, built churches. Um, uh, uh, how many know Bishop Tudor? Uh, 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 I can't remember. Oh, anyway, he come out. My Aunt Wilma Nix was the missionary there in Africa, and she baptized him. Um, and uh, he is my understanding that, uh, and he has built an amazing church in Africa. But anyway, what I'm saying is that there's things that God is doing for us that we are still reaping the harvest from things we have done in 1970. And that's the way God works. It's not something you do once and get a bubble gum back out. You know, it's not that way. It's not a quarter in and a bubble gum out. 
It's about accumulating the blessed life. Everybody say blessed life. Amen. So it's an opportunity for Jesus said, right, that, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Generosity factor in our lives. There is a factor of generosity. Give and it shall be. Everybody do this, if you will. Will you open your hands? Come on, open your hands. We understand, right, that this is an act of surrender, right? This is an act of surrender. We're surrendering right now. So we know when we worship or we worship God, we pray, we, we put them out. Now, I want you to turn your hands in. Now, that's an act of what? Of receiving, right? Now, I want you to close your fist, right? And we understand humanly that we cannot receive or catch a ball. We cannot uh, grab anything. We can't grab a rope on our way off a cliff. We can't do anything with closed fists. And sometimes we serve God like this instead of like this. But you got to do this before you get to this. Because if you never get to here, surrender, you'll never understand what you got to do in order to what receive what God wants for us. Too many times we live our lives, our hands and fists clenched because we're so afraid of losing everything. We're afraid that we're not going to have enough. We're going to afraid that we're not going to be able to pay our bills. And we live for God in a close fist manner. And God is pleading with His church that it's not time to live like this. You can't catch His glory when you're like this. You can't catch what God wants for you when you have your hand. He wants you to live first, surrender, and then receive from what heaven has for do you believe that tonight? Amen. Give God a praise. Because it's true. The factor means, uh, a factor means circumstance, fact, or influence that contributes to a result or outcome, right? The generosity factor. Living a generous life will contribute to how your life turns out. I, I'm, I'm so interested right now. There's so many people that want to be remembered. Did you know that? How many of you, uh, 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 Brother Carl, you're getting to the age where you're trying to figure out how people are going to remember you, right? Well, I'm only 55, and guess what? I'm doing the exact same thing. How will people remember you? I don't know if you saw in the paper this week, but uh, U of M, uh, at U of M, uh, there was a new gift to the School of Education, a $50 million gift to the School of Education. The caveat was, is that they had to rename the School of Education buildings after this family. And guess what? They did. I feel sorry for the other people about 50 years ago that gave a large sum of money in order that they could get their name on a bunch of buildings, right? Right? Because they thought, that's our legacy. Every time someone passes that building, they'll look up and say, wow, the Smiths gave that to this. But now it's going to be the the, 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 the Jacksons that are going to be there, right? They're going to do it differently, right? And so now we forget the Smiths because that's the way man works, right? We are fickle. The world is fickle. It's, so, it, it's who's to the highest bidder, right? But God is not fickle. Let me tell you, when you commit your life to God, it doesn't matter what man remembers you. It matters who God says you are and how God remembers you. I don't know about you, but I want to remember when he comes to that great white throne judgment. I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If we're not careful, we will spend all of our time trying to impress man instead of God. I'm here to, to talk to you that generosity, living a generous life. Uh, the Chopin Talks paid me one of the highest compliments of my entire life about five years ago. They said, Pastor Nate... We were overeating lunch after a Sunday uh, uh, time together, 
And uh, they said, Pastor Nate, we want to tell you something. You have taught us more about generosity than anybody else that we have ever experienced or been around. That was the highest compliment because we have been so generous with them because we love them and we love their mission and we love what God's doing through them. We want to be a part of it. But we didn't do it like this. We did it first like this and then like this and then like this. You follow me? It's about not just what we gather, but what we're able to give. The joy. How many of your favorite part now that your parents, you give, watch those kids, right? Open those gifts on Christmas morning or on their birthday. Why? Because it's better to give than it is what? To receive. Do you like to get some? Oh, every once in a while. But you know, if I really want something, I generally just go buy it out myself. Am I right? Come on, can I get an amen? We don't... We don't need people to give us stuff anymore. We're older than that, right? But still, if you want, uh, gift cards to nice restaurants are not a bad idea on Pastor Appreciation Day. Um, but, uh, but listen, um, or even to bad restaurants, I don't care. Either way, um, Living Generous will, listen, it will uh, contribute to who you are in, in life and in death. Amen? So you will be remembered not by what you gathered, but what you gave. I want you to hear that again. You will not be remembered by what you gathered. It will be by what you gave. They don't celebrate people and their names on buildings for how much they have in their bank account. They celebrate for how much they gave to a cause. Someone say amen. How many believe you'll never outgive God? I said, how many believe that you really won't outgive God? I tell this story many times, but uh, during a period of our life and this church's life, I, I lost my home because I wanted to save God's house. And I did, not by my will, but His will. And God used me for that moment, and I don't regret it one bit. But I'll never forget that a couple years later that I was whining to God. Does anybody ever whine to God? Like, wow, God, look what I did. Nobody recognizes it. You know, that kind of stuff. Well, God kind of just, you know, so, Boy, just be quiet. I've got a plan for you. I'll never forget. That same year, right, uh, 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 one of my great friends with the Joe Carpenter, he gave me a car, an old BMW that I adore and love. And uh, it's uh, a classic. It's a 1988. And uh, it's uh, one of those cars that I had to rebuild the engine. I had so much fun doing it. But I got that. And then, then I had someone give me uh, a key to their brand new condo in Florida, right? I still have the key. It's at my house. It's on my key ring. I still, hey, I, we're giving you this key. You treat this like your place. You treat it like it's your own. And we'll, we, we publish a schedule for other people that might be down there or when we're down there. But we're down there. Come on anyway. It doesn't matter. Why? Because I lived a blessed life. I don't need, listen, Mother Teresa said, uh, I, I love this. I'm excited tonight. Uh, Mother Teresa said, I'm, I, I've taken a pauper's vow. How many know Mother Teresa, right? You're familiar with that great lady, right? She took a pauper's vow. She says, I don't need money because I can pick up a phone and call a king. I can pick up a phone and call a president. I can call whoever I please and I can get whatever I need. I need an airplane. I need gifts. I need stuff. I need... Whatever. She says, I've never wanted for anything. I don't have anything in my bank account because when I need something, I pick up the phone and I call. Ah, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Some of you need to pick up the phone and call your Heavenly Father and let Him know, hey, I have a need in my life. But it's from a pauper's vow. No. Oh, she didn't have anything when she died. But she had everything. She had a state funeral. 
She had a funeral that, that rivaled most kings because she was a servant of people and knew her real power was not in stuff, but in her purpose and in who God called her to be. Someone say amen. I feel so strongly about this. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I feel so strong. Okay, let's keep going. Generosity. Generosity factor. Number one, the first generosity factor. This is so good. God owns it all. Someone say amen. Um, and we are simply managers of the gifts he has generously given us. We know this from the talents story in the scripture. Jesus tells the parable of the talents and what that looks like. So in this moment, we see, well, look at here. Uh, uh, God gave us something and we're going to learn from this story about how I can't hide it. All right. I got to at least put it to the money changers. I got to put it to the gamblers because God's going to come and what he's given me, he's going to expect a return. So don't say amen. So it, it's part of this. So when someone has been given much, uh, Luke 12, Jesus says much will be required in return. How many have been given a lot? Amen. Someone told me recently that they were, uh, well, I'll tell you who it was, my grandson. My grandson said, Poppy, we're poor. And I said, boy, you're poor? I said, look down in your hand. Do you have a phone in your hand? Yeah. You got clothes in your back? Yeah. You got a nice car to drive? Yeah. You live in a house that has a roof? Yeah. You have a TV in your room? Yeah. You have a computer in your room? Yeah. You got a laptop? Yeah. I said, boy, you sound really poor. He was like, what do you mean? I said, I'll tell you what I mean. I'm going to take you, put you on an airplane, take you to Nicaragua and show you poor. I'm going to take you to, to places around this globe that you have no idea what poor is. But when people are eating out of garbage dumps and living in cardboard boxes, that's the people that say I'm poor. We are rich. Amen. Well, let me say it one more time. We are rich. Say, but pastor, I'm, I'm struggling to pay my bills. Well, listen, God's going to bless you if you bless him. Amen? That's the way it works. So, what does it say? And when someone has been given or trusted with much, even more will be required. That's what Jesus said. Jesus' teaching in Luke 12 and 48. For whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have what? Committed much. Of him they will ask the more. Let me read it in the NLT. What did he say? When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. Someone say amen. amen. And where thieves break in and steal. Store, everybody shout store. Store your treasures where? In heaven. In heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Whatsoever your treasure is. Wheresoever your treasure is. Wheresoever. There your what? Desires of your heart will also be. It's not that God wants us to not have nice stuff. That's not the issue. The issue is how are we doing with what he's entrusted us? Are we being good stewards? Are we being stewards that are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Because he says here that when we see what's important to you through your money, we'll see what's important to you with God. And that is the truth. So don't say amen. People say, you're a pastor, you don't, you don't pay tithe. That, I'm sorry, that's not true. I pay my tithe every single month. 
I pay them to Brother and Sister Perry. I pay my tithe. Why? There are elders in my life. There are people that supported me when the world left me, right? There are people that I love. There are people I know. So guess what? I made a commitment to them that I'm going to pay my share of God's kingdom to them as my pastors, as my elders in my life. I pay a tithe to uh, Bishop Hutchins. Well, he'll be here, by the way, on the, on the 17th, uh, 18th, 19th of uh 19th of this month. Uh, looking forward to having him here and he'll do a book signing and we're going to have a good time and we'll hear more about that. But there's a tithe that's returned. Why? Not because I have to, not because he needs it. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about honoring what God said in his words so I can receive the blessings that he has promised. It is not about going to hell. It's about receiving the best and what God has for me. Remember, the trust with the talents is when he did nothing. The only time Jesus calls someone evil is in that story. He's an evil one, right? Think about that. Because in that story, there was someone that did something that they could have done something that God entrusted them with something. And they refused to do anything because they were fearful. By the way, they weren't fearful of the master, really. They were fearful of how they would look. They were fearful how they would seem, how people would perceive them. They were in their pride, not in their fear of God. Someone say amen. So in Psalms 89.11, the heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it, the psalmist wrote, all. Someone shout all. So generosity factor number two is very important. We can't outgive God. We already talked about this, but I want to hit it again. You cannot outgive God. God. Do you believe that? Amen. You cannot give. Give and you will what? Receive. That's a concept. People say, well, Pastor, uh, the Old Testament, New Testament, the tithe, the Old Testament tithe. I'll, I'm going to do a whole lesson on that. And the tithe that we pay now is not from the Old Testament. The difference is that was a command under the law. And it was whether you would go to heaven or hell. Or it was about rolling up your sins. But in the New Testament, it's an act of what? Love. It's an act of love. It's the same tithe. By the way, the tithe was settled before the law became the law. In Melchizedek, when Abraham paid a tithe to Melchizedek, the scripture tells us that was before the law was established. So the law, pre, I'm sorry, the tithe predates the law. But there was a tithe in the law that God delivered us from, from the, the, the consequence of that, right? Because now we don't give, right? Because it's something that we have to give. We give because we want to give. Paul said, do it out of a cheerful heart, out of a heart that is full of love. Because how many are grateful that he loved us? Amen? If you're online, shout amen. God loved us. So give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full pressed down it says in luke 6 and 38 shaken together to make room for more how many has ever put chips in a cup and you kind of hit it on the countertop so all those chips would get down and and, and you need to get more in there right i do the same thing with my cereal right when you you put cereal in the bowl i always want to shake it a little bit right kind of tap it on the countertop so it all gets settled in so i can pour in more so i don't have to go back I'm one of those people that eat cereal until I run out of milk. So I, I pour milk and then I eat the cereal. If I still got milk, well, I got to go get more cereal. That's all there is to it. So I get more cereal and I eat my, and I eat until I run out of milk, right? That's the, so I'm always packing it down so I have to keep getting up and back and down, back and forth. That's what God wants us to understand. He doesn't want to just take your blessings and give them back to you. He wants to tap them on the 
top and He wants to make sure that you're getting everything. But to much is given, much is required. And if you love Him, you'll keep this commandment. So He said, I'm going to make room for more. Running over and pouring into your lap. The amount you give, this is what Luke says in the New Living, the amount you give will determine the amount you give back. People say, woo, I'm going to give $100. Does that mean I'm getting $1,000 back? No, no. It means you give $100 and God saves your life at the red light. I can't hear you. God said, well, I, this is a money thing for me. Well, you're in the wrong business. God will bless your money. I promise you that. Uh, if I took the, the, I don't check this, but about once a year because I'm, of our records and stuff. But if I took the top 10% of the people that give in this church, they're the people that give the most, but they got the most. You say, well, that, no wonder they got the most because they give, they have it to give. No, 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 no. They're, one of them's going to tell you a story here in a couple of weeks about how they were living in their car and made a vow to God. They had $60 in the pocket. And God said, I want you to give it to they. And they gave $6 and $60. And when they gave that $6, God started something. And today they're the vice president of their company and they make a lot of money. Why? Because they have never, ever, ever quit giving God, even when it got big and troublesome. Oh, man. Like the other person I was telling about, God said, I, want, I don't want the 20000 I want the whole thing. And when they gave that, the blessings that they have poured out on them, I cannot even tell you. Um, it would blow your mind. Um, but people say, well, that's not how it worked for me. Well, then maybe it's because you have given without thanksgiving. I'm going to say it again. Maybe it's because we've made sacrifices without the right attitude. Did you hear what I just said? Because Thanksgiving, enter into his gates with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an absolute ingredient. It is a foundational part of our Christian walk. When we are resentful with God, no, nah, I can't get up. I want you to look at the life of Peter and how he went and he kicked him. Well, yeah, he went around the fire and, and, the, and you know, I don't know him and the cock crowed, right? You would think the first cock crowing would have been a sign for him, right? No, because his his heart was not in it. He was just there for the ride until God said, listen, tonight, tonight, Peter, tonight. And then he went out after that third time and he wept with great sorrow. Judas went out and killed himself. Do you hear me? They both had the same opportunity of forgiveness, but they did not take it, did they? Peter took a whole lifetime working himself back into a self-confidence in Christ. A whole lifetime. There's three pages in your Bible that cover Peter's writing. Paul was not even a part of the original 12, and 60% of the New Testament was written by Paul. Not because he was special, but because he was willing to give it all and say, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Oh, God. That price was heavy. But he was the most prolific and godly man in the scripture, in that New Testament. Why? Because he had an attitude of generosity. An attitude that says, I, I, this is not mine. This is not my stuff. This, I'm going to be a tent maker and just love Jesus and go around. He told one group of people that were claiming that he was stealing money. Right? Go to Galatians. You'll find he was like, well, you know, he said, no, no, I didn't, I didn't take one dime from you. I didn't take one thing. I came to you in love. I didn't take one thing from you. Because God had blessed him such that people thought he was stealing.
You hear what I just said? It's in that moment that you have to understand this is God's church. This is God's body. This is his kingdom. This is not my kingdom. And I promise you, he's going to deal with those that abuse. There are abuses. Pastors are famous for abusing congregations and stealing money and doing this, that, and the other. But that doesn't mean everybody does it. That doesn't mean that there's a blanket out there that says every pastor is that way. No, it's a few, just like everything else, there's a few bad apples and there's a few people that give us a black eye. Don't think for a moment that they won't be judged. I would not even want to stand next to them on Judgment Day. Because they'll have to give an account. Everybody say amen. So we all have to give an account. I know that. I live that. Jesus teaching, Luke 6, 37. Watch this. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, he says. Right? Shaking together. Make room. Running over. Right? This is Jesus talking. I just want you to say, this is Jesus. Come on, type it in. Jesus said. Jesus said. Jesus said. This is not Pastor Nate talking. This is not me saying, you guys got to do this. No. This is between you and God. Someone said to me, well, well, I, I'm sure you watch. No, I don't watch the tithe and offering. I, 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 my dad taught me that. You never pastor from the, from the, from the, the balance sheet because you're going you're gonna to love people that don't deserve love because they, 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 they gave more than the other person that didn't have it to give. Listen, this is not a contest. This is not about so-and-so gave. No, this is not what it's about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pastor everybody the exact same no matter who you are. Because that's what God requires. Not just something I should do. No, God requires me to be a shepherd to everyone. No matter what your color is, kind, education, status, money. doesn't matter. Jesus came for us all. And I'm supposed to be the under-shepherd under Him. Amen? I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. So, uh, generosity factor number three, right? Our level of blessing is directly related to our level of generosity. It's the truth. It's an absolute from the Word of God. It is an absolute from the Word of God. How much blessing do you want? I'm going to ask you tonight. How much blessing do you want in your life? I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about living the blessed life. The life that God's hand is upon. Not a blessing of material, but a blessing of God. Of who He is in my life. Give freely and become more wealthy. I promise you. Be stingy or stingy and lose everything or become a person that... How many of you know, don't raise your hand or scream a name, but how many of you know people that they're very, very stingy with their money, right? They're very, very, very tight. They won't give to the, the, the Red Cross or, they, you know, someone, it, they just, they're not, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not giving them, they can get their own. They can do their own thing. They, they, they can work, they can do, they can do the, the generosity, right? It's those people that die alone. I've been a pastor for 35 years. I'm telling you, it's those people that die alone. They die miserable. They took uh, half a million dollars to the grave with them. And guess what? Their kids are now fighting, hate each other over it, right? I told my kids, you ain't getting a dime. I'm spending everything I have before I know. Get your own stuff. Oh, did I say that out loud? Um, but I'm going to spend it on them because I'm going to get to watch them. Enjoy it. My grandbabies are going to get a lot of my stuff. Why? Because, well, I get to watch it enjoy it. Someone say amen. So, give freely. Become... More well be stingy and lose everything. Generosity is a factor of prospering. Those who refresh others. I want you to ask yourself, the richest people in the world, why is Bill Gates? I disagree with Bill Gates on about every other level. But why is Bill Gates running around the world trying to get billionaires and millionaires to sign a poverty commitment? 
A commitment that says that when I die, all my money will go to nonprofits. It will go to save the planet, to save the world, to feed the hungry, to buy mosquito nets for Africa. Well, I'm just telling you, this is what's going on. And they're, they're signing these pledges. This has become a thing where the wealthy are signing these pledges that when I go, the, the foundation bill and Melanie Gates has is billions and billions and billions of dollars. Why do you think these people give stuff away all the time? Give billions of dollars of their money away. Why do you think they do that? I'll tell you why. Because they understand the factor of generosity. It's a universal truth that when I give, I shall be given to. That's an absolute. Someone say amen. So, uh, real quick here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11, um, you're going to find Solomon, and he's going to tell us a little bit in chapter 11. Uh, Solomon, the wealthiest man to ever live. Some, uh, well, the scripture says, but we, we also know based on modern day technology and what they say he had and what that would be worth today, he'd be worth 10 Elon Musk. He'd be worth so much, and it was in that day. Watch this, though. Proverbs, Solomon tells us in verse 24, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stinging and lose everything. I already read this, but I'll read it again. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others. I'm going to say refresh others. You know why it's so important that we give? We're building right now. I got updates this week. I'm going to share them. But uh, we're, giving, we're building right now an orphanage in India. Do you, do you realize right now as we speak, there's a group of people that are building an orphanage because Pineview gave it $10,000 to do so. The people of Pineview had generous hearts to help children they'd never met. Do you know in the last eight years that Pineview has paid for 1.7 million meals in the country of India? Did you know that we partnered together with Global Grace and we together was able to, to serve 1.7 million meals? Some of you look at me like a cow to Newgate. That's nothing compared to what we can do. We're building this new orphanage. It's our ninth orphanage. Did you know that we support nine orphanages and about 300 kids in the country of India? And that without Pineview support every year, that many of them would not get the protein that they need. They would not get the roof over their head they need. If I'm going to show you the building they were living in and ask you if you'd spend a half a minute living in that building. The answer is no. But the building we're building is going to be beautiful and amazing and it's going to be clean and it's going to be able to get all the disease away from them and out of them. And the rats will have to go because they've destroyed all the rat nests and they've dug up all the foundations, got rid of all the vermin, got rid of all the junk, all the bugs, all the stuff. It's a three-story building. It's got a kitchen and floor. No, you wouldn't say, oh, this is not a house I live in. But let me tell you something, it's a mansion for them. It's a, it's a cot on the floor and a roof over the head and a toilet that's not the street. You think I'm joking. I'm not. These are amazing people that God has put in our lives. I love India. I love what God's doing in India. Because God is doing great things. It's from Shindigar to Bombay or, or Mumbai now. And, and all the way down to Trivandrum. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing that God is doing. But it's through us. We are giving to, we've dug wells in Nigeria, we've dug wells in Chad, we've dug wells 
in, in, in Nicaragua, and my wife and I and the Ewings ourselves went down and dug a well in Guatemala. We've done things around this planet that you don't remember what we've done. But God has used you, Pine View Church, to change the course of this world for the name of Jesus Christ. There are people being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the rivers of Colombia and Ecuador because you gave sacrificially and generously. Did we have to give? No. But we chose to give because our hearts are hearts for God. And the kingdom must be preached. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. But I say unto you, he which sows sparingly shall what? Reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountiful shall what? Also what? Reap also bountiful. Every man according as he what? Purposeth in, come on, say it with me, purposeth in his heart. Come on. Purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not what? Grudgingly or of necessity. Oh, they're making me give again. No, no. But God loves a what? This is the same thing as thankful. That word cheerful is the same, same root. It means that you're thankful. God loves a thankful giver. Someone that recognizes how good God has been to them. Generosity is factor number four. I'm getting close to being done here. Watch this, watch this. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. I said we are blessed to be a blessing. I said we are blessed... To be a blessing. I got a praise report. Everybody ready for this praise report? A group, a group of people got together. Brother Brandon and Sister Faith. Bobajinski, their house. Uh, during this great uh, storm that we had. with them. It was crazy, wasn't it? That was a crazy storm. All that ice and the trees down. and I got all kinds. My weeping willow got cracked in half. And all of us down. And I know my beautiful tree in my backyard is all gone. It's all laying down on the ground. And uh, pine trees are all over the place. It's crazy back there, right? Well, a big tree fell on brother and sister uh, Obajenski's uh, mobile home. And just knocked a big giant hole right in the roof. And just, it is crazy. Just big tree right down the middle of it. So it's a single wide and, and just, just kind of cut the thing in half. And it, it just was devastating, right? And... Uh, you know, it, it, it's a hard thing. Uh, you know, what do you do in the middle of the night when a tree falls down? Thank God nobody got hurt. Amen. God's hand was upon them. But they ended up at Travis and Trenise's house in the middle of the night. And thank God for Travis and Trenise to take them in and love them and care for them. And, and they moved around to some other family and stuff. But they couldn't find any place. They've been working. Uh, Brother Brandon Obzinski, is he's an independent employer. And he's... You know, it's tough. Sometimes you can't prove income. He's making money, but he can't prove it, and it's hard. And So he's having a hard time finding a place. So God blessed him. I won't tell you the whole story, but God blessed him. He thought he was getting a, 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 a small amount, and he got ten times the amount he thought he was getting back on his taxes. And God just began to bless him. People began to bless him. And today... Uh, this week he put an a, 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 a inquiry about a three-bedroom house over off of, of Belleville Road. And he didn't see. There were five people vying for that same house because they're hard to come by right now. And, uh, and so he said, you know what? God has blessed me. 
I'm going to take that money. And he said, I, so he offered them six months in advance for, for paying the rent. And he's going to paint the house. And he's going to fix up some th bushes outside. He made this and wrote it all down. And guess what? He got the house this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm happy. You know why? Because he was in desperate straits. And he's been faithful to God. He's been faithful to God. I can show you he's been faithful to God. In his life, in his living, in his giving. God has, he's been faithful in his darkest moments. He said, I'm going to be faithful to God. And God blessed him today and gave him what he thought he could never get. Did you hear what I just said? What he thought he could never get. He, he should not have qualified for that. Based on starting a new business and not being able to prove income. But let me tell you something, God is using that young man and his wife, and God's going to do great things for them. But why? Because they are honoring God. They're seeking first the kingdom of God. He's not here tonight because they're moving, but usually he's here every Wednesday. And you know what he does? He sets up for me. He's my assistant. I could, I, 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 I and for Brother Carl, and, and for everybody. Why? Because he has a servant's heart. He loves God's house. And that's why I love those people. Why? Not because we're perfect. Not because we got it all together. But because we're striving towards the high call of Jesus Christ. That's the kind of people that I want to I want to partner with. Amen. So, what does it say in Genesis twelve and two? I will make you a great a great nation. He said, "I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be blessed to others. You will be a blessing to others. It's a blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed to be a blessing to others. Amen." Five, generosity factor number five. I'm, I'm coming down for a landing. Words are cheap. Someone say amen. amen. Generosity. Action is required. I'm reminded of this story that I told earlier where the people, a couple years, they started a business and God blessed them and they had that first $10,000 check they were able to pull out and pay themselves not pour it back into the business. And they were so excited. They paid that $1,000 give back to God because they committed that to God from the very beginning. They started their business in a van, you know, working on their job, working in their van at their lunch break. I, I, it's an amazing story. I'm, 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 I'll see if I can have them come and tell it. But I'd have to fly them in, cost me more. Uh, no, okay, I'm just going to do it. But it's an amazing story. It really is. It's a, it's a story that is so God. It's a God thing. And they're beautiful. They're amazing people. And they love God so much. And they, they're such a blessing to the kingdom of God. But listen, you got to remember <laughs> that $200,000 check they could have taken. Several years later, things had gotten good. Moving forward. And they could have took that. They were... Oh man, now we got, we're going to give 20000 out of this. And it wasn't that they weren't going to give it, but it was a pause, they said. It was like a, a, a pause. And in that pause, God said, nope, sorry. You paused. And I'm going to require the whole 200 They could have not given that, and God would not have cursed them. But they would have not been obedient and been as blessed as they are. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what the scripture says. So action was required. They had to do something they normally... It was sacrificial. They had plans for that. They, it wasn't something like, you know, oh, this, we got all this extra money. No, that, that was their salary. 
That was what they were taking out of the business in order to survive. And it was a large sum, so, but they had to give it all. I'll never forget the story. Brother, many of you will not, most of you will not know this person's name, but J.T. Pugh. J.T. Pugh was a, a man of God, t- East Texas, um, one of my heroes. He was, I'm going to say it like this, he, he, he marched to his own drummer. <laughs> he, was not a, he was not a company guy. He was not an organizational guy. He was part of an organization, but, but he was his own man. And I loved him for that. He would come into town. Northwest Airlines used to have a hub here in Detroit. And all these preachers would come through. And they knew my dad, of course, was a, a, a socialite on the, on the preacher circuit. And so they all knew my mom and dad had a home here and extra rooms. And they would, they would come in. Brother, Brother Cole would come in, Bishop Cole. And they would be on their way to Africa or India or China or Thailand. And they always... And their layovers here in Detroit, I always went out and picked them up. I, Brother Becton, and I could go down the list of great men that I know, you don't know, but these are bishops and great men of God. These, these people will tell you, they were, they're giants of faith. Amen. And I'd get to go as a kid, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, and I'd get to go take them to dinner, sit in their hotel room, take them water, and take them out, take them to Henry Ford Museum, Get to take. I get to do all this with them. Brother Pew was not one of those people that wanted to do anything. He was a very studious man. He just wanted to read and study and pray. But he always ate breakfast at four thirty in the morning at Bob Evans, and we have a Bob Evans right here on Washington, or right you know, right here in Carpenter. So he was staying here at, the, at uh, Eagle Crest. It was it was just been opened and. And uh, he called me, Nate, it was 3.30 in the morning, ring, ring, ring. I'm like, hello, hello, you know, he's like, it's time to rise and shine, young man. I want you to come pick me up when I have breakfast. I was like, who is this, you know, he's like, this is Brother J.T. Pugh. Come on, young man, we're going to get up and go. Let's go, let's go. So I jumped up, threw a hat on, put some clothes on, went and picked him up. And thank God I did. Thank God I did. That morning I learned more about what I was supposed to do as a preacher and my calling than I ever learned from anybody else in my life. And I still today revere him. I have his picture on, uh, that, I, that I keep with the Coles and different people that mean a lot to me, that, that, that invested in me in my life. J.T. Pugh was one of these people that just said what he, what he thought. He didn't care what it sounded like. You know, He was just going to tell you what it was. He told me a story. He said, let me tell you something. He said, about 10 years ago, he said, my mom, I got, he inherited some oil wells. He lived in East Texas. He said, and I sold those wells and I had made them over a million dollars. I thought I was a rich man. He said, I got, he says, he said, two years later at general conference, I was standing there on the, on the, on the, the big, you know, podium or the big stage and they have all the dignitaries and he was one of them sitting up there. They were having it in the middle of the mission service. God was moving and just really touching people's heart. And he said, the Lord stepped up next to him and said, I gave you a million, now I want you to give the million. That's why I gave it to you. And he said, I looked around and I said, but God, I just got that million. <laughs> he said, I gave it to you so you could give it. So 
Brother Pugh that night. I'll, I was at that general conference. It was in, Saint La, uh, Saint, uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'll never forget because I remembered when he told this story that he stepped up and he said to Brother Urshan, N.A. Urshan, he said, Brother Urshan, he said, yeah, he told, I, he whispered over to him. Um, well, the reason I remember this because I was sitting in the high, as it was a basketball ring, I was sitting at the very top uh, trying to, to be sweet with some girls. And, uh, and uh, that's why I remember it. Don't tell my wife. Um, don't tell her, okay? Um, but uh, I'll never forget this because it got our attention because all of a sudden everything stopped. Brother Urshan walked to the podium and he said, well, we don't have to raise any money, more money for missionaries tonight because Brother J.T. Pugh just gave a million dollars and the place erupted. It went crazy. And Brother Pugh, he just stood there. You know, he didn't... No, not Brother Pugh, right? About five years later, he was like, okay, God, what are you going to do? God said, I'll give it back. You just depend on me. About five years later, listen to this. About five years later, one day he was in his office, got a phone call. It was a lawyer. The lawyer said, are you J.T. Pugh? Yeah. Are you in East Texas? Yeah. Plainview? Yeah. Uh, he said, well, I, I, I have something to discuss with you, but I need you to come to my office. So he got, I think it was across Texas. He had to drive to like Dallas or Waco or something. I can't remember. But he had to drive and go. He got there and he said, I'm so sorry. He said, but I had to do this in person. He says, but you, uh, there's a lady. Uh, he told her name. He said, and she passed away a couple weeks ago, and she left you in her will. And he was like, I don't know, I don't know anybody by that name. He said, well, here she is. Here she is. So he says, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't know anybody by that name. I, I've never met. He said, well, you, you prayed for her when she was a, a young person, and he told the church. And she told God that night that if... That, he prayed she got miracles he was healed set free some good things happened to her she said if, I, if I'm ever able I'm going to pay him back I'm going to help him he left her two he, she left him two million dollars he says I did not even remember her name I could not tell you who she looked like I could not point her out in a lineup he said, I had to go and see her picture. Even after I saw her picture, I don't remember praying that prayer. He said, but she remembered and God remembered. And when God said, I gave you a million dollars to give a million dollars, I didn't know it at the time, but he had two million dollars still sitting in my bank. And he said that the moral of the story is that don't you ever disobey God when he speaks, no matter how radical or crazy it sounds. He says, because you cannot get great blessings or great ministry. He was talking to me about ministry unless you take steps of great faith. He said, so if you're in the middle of church and God says, hop on one foot, you better hop on one foot. Because you don't know. He said, it sounds crazy. He said, but we're losing that because people are too dignified. They're too proud. He said, the old time, you talk about holy rollers, that really happened. He said, you don't see it anymore. Why? Because they're too dignified now. He said, but there was a move of God back then that we don't have now. This was in the late 90s, early 90s, late, late 80s. And, yeah. The first fruits of Israel's wars yep. was Jericho. That's right. And Achan took something that he had said, don't, don't touch. Yep. It's mine. That's right. And it if he had only waited until Ai, well, where God gave them a 
abundance. That's right. And you know what was funny about that story? It's not funny at all, but it affected the whole people. The, 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 church, the yeah. children of Israel could not move. Yeah. Because it affects your whole family when you don't get blessings. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus, again, the rich young ruler. I'm, on, I'm done. I got one more slide. Are we okay on time? Yeah, I am okay on time. Good. Luke 18, 22. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, the rich young ruler, that is, yet thou lackest what? One thing. One thing. I know people are praying for their healing, but they lack one thing. I know people that want salvation for their family, but they lack one thing. So, well, no, God's, God's, God's different like that. When he says in his word, this is what's required, that's actually what's required. This is not something we negotiate with God. I mean, I, I don't like baptism. I, can I just skip that part and just like, you know, I'm, no, God's funny like that. He wants you to obey him, no matter how silly it seems to us. So here, Jesus is saying there was one thing. He looked at that young man and said, there's one thing. Sell all that thou hast. Do you think God wanted him to be a pulper? Someone shout no. Because if he would have sold it, God would have given it back to him. Just like he did with Job. Just like he did with Brother Pew. Sell all that thou hast and distribute it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come follow me. He could not follow until he obeyed. Did you hear? People want to try to follow Jesus without obeying Jesus. And they end up in witchcraft. They want his blessings without his commitments. They want his blessing without the sacrifice with thanksgiving. God is speaking in this hour to me, to you. And you're going to hear me talk about this a lot because I, I have been remiss as a pastor to not talk about this enough. Uh, we come out of COVID and everybody was tight and everything. I thought, well, God has, God has chastised me because I have, I have not done my job and I'm going to do it. Someone say amen. amen. I will be kind and loving. And this is about Jesus and you. This is not about me. Our time, our talent, our money, our witness, God wants us to live. But guess what? I'm going to teach a whole lesson and preach about how that our witness is part of our generosity. And when we don't witness, we don't obey. And when we don't obey, we're not in communication or connection with Jesus Christ. We are command everybody shout commanded. Amen. I find it interesting in this hour how we, we like to think that command somehow means something. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he gives a bunch of commandments and we go, well, I don't like that one or that one's old. That one doesn't really fit now. And that one, I don't know if, the, I don't know if that's really relevant right now. And God says, I, I don't care what you think. I don't care what anybody thinks. My word is my word and it is settled in heaven. And it will last and it will stand. It has and it will. The word of God has endured and survived every trend, every cultural shock, every war. It's survived because it is the foundation of the earth. It is the word of God. Someone shout amen. amen. So, be generous. Don't live like this. Live like this and this. And then when you get this down, surrender, and he begins to give, then you can live like this. Someone say amen. amen. So, 
Return to God what is His. Just do that. It's not... It's, it's time. I, I, I went through our budget uh, for this year and, and what we have done and what we could do. The potential of the body of Christ to come together for great causes. Right now, as I speak, we are fixing to start a children's daycare center in the, in the city of, Col- of Cali, Colombia with the Chocotas. We are going in. We're renting a building. We're going to have a day center. We're medical help. We're going to, we're, you're going to, it's going to be called our, the Father's House. You heard a little bit about it, but we're fixing to, it's really fixing We're buying another five acres next to the farm so we can put more elderly families and people that have been on the street, street people. We can house and feed them in their last days of their life. That's in process right now. We're raising $100,000 right now. I've, we've just raised about 80000 of it, and God's moving. But Pastor, you haven't said anything. No, because it's not time, right? We, we, we give the Chocotals anywhere from twenty dollars to $60,000 a year, depending on the year, depending on the cause, depending on what they're, what they're doing. You're going to hear more about that. We've we, we got amazing things happening. God is using us in AMA, in Mexico, and what God is doing there. I haven't told you this, but we were here, and she gave a presentation, uh, Sister Erica, and talked about how Spectrum Health gave them over a million dollars worth of supplies. A million dollars. They had someone donate a warehouse so they could house these supplies. Sister Shekinah who was a part of us, just had a baby, her and Adam. They serve here. They're amazing people, the Singletaries. But she's connected to Trinity Health. And so she wrote an email and described what's going on with Spectrum Health. And guess what? I got news for you because Trinity Health just gave them a million dollars worth of supplies. And that happened because of Pineview Church. A million dollars worth of supplies. We're sending it to Ukraine. We're sending it to Africa. We're sending it all over the globe. Right now, they're packaging a shipment to go over to uh, to uh, uh, it's somewhere. I think Sierra Leone or or it's somewhere in Africa. I think, um, and they're doing another shipment. They're box. They were boxing. I wish we lived closer to Grand Rapids because they had a bunch of people come in and they're distributing it to more to to more places in South America and in Central America as well as Mexico. A million dollars worth of medical supplies. Do you know what medical supplies mean to these countries? These small villages that have nothing? We're making an emergency. We send them to Syria and to, to Turkey. It's part of our... But you did that. This church body did that. And I've got to get better at telling you about it because some of you are blown away right now that we helped give a million dollars worth because of us. We gave a million dollars worth of materials. Well, Trinity Health did, but it was because we were obedient. If they would have never come, if we would have never sponsored them, if we would never given to them, it would have never happened. God's moving. Will you be a part? You know why we're blessed? You know why we're here when a lot of places... You know how many churches closed during the pandemic? (laughs) I know personally many, 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 many are still hurting and God has blessed us. Why? Because we have been generous with our lives and our money. Someone say amen. Amen. All right.
So, I'm a little over, but I was a little late. So I'm right at an hour. So, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Lord, help us to live generous lives. Help us to live according to your word. Help us to be blessed by you, Lord, and obeying your commandments, Lord. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the body of Christ that you've allowed me to be a part of, Lord. Now bless us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Amen. I'll see you on Sunday at 1035. Amen. We have power this week. <laughs>